Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And we have with us today a very special guest. It's Elena Leopold, a founder, co-founder yes. of The Broad Room. We're so excited to speak with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. If anyone listening thinks that we sound a little feisty, we all are hot off watching these Kavanaugh hearings. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's currently ongoing. Yeah, yes. they're like happening as we speak. Um so I guess we wanted to start out by just asking to you to tell our listeners what the broad room is. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like today is a particularly good day to be talking about mm-hmm. um, the work of the broad room because mm-hmm. so much of what we do and so much of the reason we were founded was because um, we were furious with the results of the election. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work in politics. I come from a political background and so do my two other co-founders. But we had a ton of friends coming to us after the election, um, kind of despondent and upset and knowing that they could no longer sit in the sidelines and had to be involved. But um, there are so many groups popping up and it was incredibly overwhelming mm-hmm. and so they didn't know where to start um, and so we decided to pull our tools and resources that had been available to us um, to help bring other women into the fold and so we started the broad room um, with the mission of uh, training millennial women to become more politically active uh, so we do free monthly trainings on how to phone bank how to fundraise how to community oh, cool. organize yeah we yeah i know that that's <laughs> something that like even i get nervous about is um I will, like it's like you want to do it, but like just like taking the first step to do anything, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, it's really nerve wracking, and it's especially nerve wracking when you know that we have a political system that's set up that's dominated by old white men, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there seems like there's so many barriers to entry. Um, where do you even start? And so we try to create fun, safe spaces for women to come um, and to you know we always do a training at the beginning. So if you're coming into a phone bank, we're not just handing you you know pieces of paper and say good luck. Like we do them in fun spaces where we usually are drinking a little wine um, and so <laughs> that helps you to unwind a little and then uh, we get to work and so you know we've made calls uh, for the state senate races here in New York mm-hmm. um, for the Virginia House of Delegates um, in Virginia and so we've seen really exciting results. In That's awesome because yeah. I know and I feel like this is like a millennial thing in general yeah. I have like phone anxiety like mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what to say to someone on the phone if I get called from a number that I don't know I'm paying panicked really. <laughs> like who is this yeah um so i feel like you know creating this fun environment to do it in with friends with a little wine yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh that can help you maybe like overcome mm-hmm. that phone anxiety because sometimes i've gone into phone banks and it is just like hand you a piece of paper right. and like a burner phone and you're just calling and i'm like so overwhelmed by right. that and we always kind of prompt people too. like it always is nerve-wracking no one likes talking on the mm-hmm. phone I hate it too I have the same reaction that mm-hmm. you do um, but we always say you know the first call is hard maybe even the second call but once you kind of get into the groove it's easy and you really are and it's really exciting when you get someone on the phone who didn't know there was an election coming up or didn't mm-hmm. know about the candidates and you have the opportunity to educate them that's one more vote mm-hmm. that really matters um, yeah. especially in the elections that we've been yeah. seeing across the country so how do you pick which candidates you're um, going to be working with or work like to help so uh, we are an inherently progressive organization Mm -hmm. focused on women and so all of the candidates um, that we support are women Mm -hmm. Um, there's been a couple of races for example in New York we just had this um, 
the, a bunch of candidates running against the IDC, which was a group of dem- so-called Democrats who were caucusing with the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, there uh, were eight of them, and we unseated six of them. Wow. So some of those were men, um, but so we we uh, took you know we supported men in this time around. But usually <laughs> um, we support progressive women, mm-hmm. you know, women who stand up for women's rights, um, who stand up for the rights of immigrants, the rights of children. Really are going to be um, someone who's going to fight back um, mm-hmm. against our our dear president. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's one thing I wanted to ask is like we've obviously seen a huge number of female candidates yeah. running this year. We've got this kind of like year of the woman part two thing that's happening. Has in your experience, have you seen that the big motivator for that has been Donald Trump's election? I think for so many people for Mm -hmm. so long, um, you know, women, but specifically women of color have known that there was not an option to sit on the sidelines, right? Because Mm -hmm. they've their livelihood has always been on the line. Um, And I think, you know, that has happened more widely post Trump um, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, Roe versus Wade is not guaranteed. Um, And for the first time in our generation, like abortion may not be readily available or, you know, health care to women. Yeah. Um, And so I think that because of Trump, women are really realizing that they have to stand up in a real way. I mean, we're seeing that today with the Kavanaugh Mm -hmm. hearings. Mm -hmm. Women have come from across the country to protest because this is about our lives, our sisters' lives, our children lives it really matters well i just actually just saw something where c-span was saying that um they keep getting calls from women telling the rape stories just from watching her testify because yeah yeah it's inspiring i mean it is inspiring Mm. and it's also like completely devastating yeah i mean i think that it's so insane um that in america that what you know we have dr ford who's incredibly brave who's standing up and telling her story in front of the country but this is making women myself included relive their you know experience of sexual assault in a way that's like you know it's i know it's i mean it's been such a difficult year because it is like every once in a while this like a new hashtag comes up i mean it's like me too it's believe women and it's like it's awesome to to like have women speak up, but at the same time, it's like how much do women have to relive their personal trauma publicly for everyone, rehash the worst moments of their life just to like be humanized in any you know in any right. way? Like, I just this whole week it's been so much with all of the allegations coming forward, and I you know ev- every woman has their experiences or has friends with different experiences. And it's been a matter of like personally checking in with some people and being like, Hey, I know this is probably a hard week for you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like having a place like the broad room where you're like, we can get active now is so important because it can feel so futile when you're just like doing this emotional labor constantly on the internet. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. And, you know, in addition to doing the trainings, we try to really create a network of women because activism is hard um, and taxing in a lot of ways. But if you have a network of other people who are going to be doing it with you, it's a lot easier. And even today, you know, our organizing committee of 16 women who help us run the broad room, we're all in a text chain talking about Kavanaugh and the hearings. And so knowing that you have that support system is really helpful um, in these times that can sometimes seem incredible overwhelming yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so who are we uh standing for right now who's the uh <laughs> who's the candidates that we're like we want to get elected so the broad room is heading to long island next month mm-hmm. october 20th for luba gretchen shirley who's running for congress in long island against peter king 
Um, he is the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Republican. Yeah. Um, he has um, been in power since Luba um, was uh, like 12 or 13 years old. So he's been there forever. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, he is for the Muslim ban. Um, cool. He has aligned with Trump <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and Luba is a mother who grew up in in um, in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, she's raising her two children there. Um, she uh, has the. It's very exciting, actually. Yesterday. Mm-hmm because it went from being um, of it was like likely it's now likely Republican and mm-hmm. it used to be like definitely Republican yeah, so we're yeah. moving in the we're right moving. direction yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Awesome. that's awesome um, and this is on Staten Island this is in Long Island. Long Island so we are taking buses and we're going out to door knock for her mm-hmm. um, next month um, and so obviously it can seem kind of weird to like walk up to someone's door and talk to them about a random person um, again much easier to do with a group and incredibly important right that yeah. face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. when you're standing there telling them about this amazing woman who's running for office you can unseat this incumbent who's been there you know for decades and has really been detrimental to the communities um, who are in his district um, can really make the difference on election day yeah I have like when when I was younger I did like a door knocking campaign for environment Virginia yeah. and like it is one of the, it's kind of similar to the phone call where it's like, once you get over the first couple of doors, like, you can do it. Right. You can do it. Yeah, some people don't answer. Some people are mad. But a lot of times you do actually have a nice conversation with people. And I met interesting people yeah. knocking on doors. I did have one person tell me she didn't believe in pollution. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, I just, don't know what to This say. is more than I can personally <laughs> tackle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, I don't know. Go in your garage and run the car. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> but with the door open, you're yeah. not. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, just be safe. But there, there are experiments you can do. Yeah. You <laughs> Um, so, uh, I guess let's say our listeners are now, I mean, I am personally extremely interested in the broad room now. They want to get involved, get in touch with you guys. How do they do that? How do they come to get involved with you? So right now we're only, um, physically in New York. So Mm -hmm. that's where all of our trainings take place. Um, but anyone across the country can sign up to get our, um, action letter. It goes Mm -hmm. out every single Wednesday and we talk about a variety of different issues. We try to explain issues that are kind of complicated. Um, and we always give you action. So we're, you're not only learning about something, but you are given the option to act on it um, our website is the broadroomnyc.com and so you can go out there and sign up um, on our website you can also go on our instagram and twitter which is also the broadroom nyc um, and follow us um, and hopes that uh, our hope is that eventually we will not only be in new york but we will be um, yeah. across the country but a lot of our actions you can do um, from your home so. awesome awesome and so obviously our listeners are politically interested and i guess politically involved but mm-hmm. if they want to take that extra step but they're nervous what should we what should we what should they do to just do it or how do they get their friends involved and I think sometimes just getting one friend who mm-hmm. you can kind of be like, hey, I'm nervous to do this, but will you try it together mm-hmm. um, is really helpful. I think that finding, you know, if you ever like the broad room is a great place, I think, um, to start. And we have we're always telling people like on election day or leading up to election day, if you have questions about where to get started or how to vote or just don't know like what issues to get involved with or what candidates um, to support, we always tell you to DM us and we'll mm-hmm. help you answer mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Cause I know in New York, 
I mean, we have just like a very confusing system of elections. Like, I it was so strange. Like, there were they are separated on different days. The last one was on a Thursday. Yes, it can be hard to like figure out when I'm supposed to be at the polls. Yeah, or if I because I remember on the in the election where Alexandria Ocasio Cortez won. I didn't have an election in my district that day, but I was like, I, I was freaking out seeing right. all my friends posting I voted stickers, and I was like, did I? Like, what? Yeah. I, I, I like pride myself on knowing this stuff, right. and it's so difficult. So, is the broad room kind of a place where? people can find out some of that information too. Yes. Yeah, so on election day, um, we are, we, you know, we always post to DM us and we had a lot of questions very similar to that, which was like, oh my God, like I know these elections are happening, but I don't see anything in my district. Am I missing something? Um, I recently moved. Mm-hmm. Where do I vote? Can I go to any polling location? Sometimes it's scary or maybe embarrassing if you feel like you should know the answers to those questions to ask them. Um, but we hope that through the broad room, we've created a space where you feel comfortable to ask any and all questions. And I guarantee 100% someone else has the same exact question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And on, like, let's say it's on election day, you get to your polling place and you're not on the records or whatever. Do you, like, do you know strategies for dealing with that too? Yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, your polling location should have like a person there who's mm-hmm. like kind of like fielding and troubleshooting. That's not always the case. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of resources available. And forgive me, I don't have it in front of mm-hmm. me. But there is like a during this election, there was like a hotline that you could call that was bipartisan, where you could go and um, or nonpartisan, yeah. um, and you could go um, and ask any questions, and they would kind of help you figure them out. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah so there are things that you can do if yeah. you get to your polling place and something is a mess, right. basically. And you can always DM the broad room. We'll try to help you figure yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I do have one more like uh, question um, about like timing and volunteering. I know people are busy. They work um, and they can't commit that much time to outside, you know, to doing what they want to do in terms of volunteer work and phone banking. When is the most vital time for a campaign for to get people knocking on doors and phone banking? Is it like, the week leading up to the election is it two weeks three weeks you know like i mean there's on campaigns there's something called gotv which stands for get out the vote mm-hmm. and that usually starts happening like the week before um and the weekend before the election where you really get people raw raw excited but really the months leading up to the election um you really want to start you know educating the folks in the district about who the candidate is. And the last couple of days are really just making sure that the people that you've identified as likely voters or or who have shown interest in your candidate are actually showing up to the to the polls, that they have a plan on how to get there, that they know where their polling location is. Um, and so that's really critical in the last couple of days and even the day of the election. Um, but there's opportunities always throughout yeah. a campaign. Um, campaigns rely heavily on their volunteers. Um, you know, the pr- door knocking is great. Going to a campaign office and phone banking is great. But a lot of campaigns now offer you the opportunity to phone bank at your home. And mm-hmm. so you can go on their websites and it's very easy. You just click a link and you can kind of download and they'll give you scripts. And so um, I know that during this election, I hosted a couple of phone banks at my home with my friends mm-hmm. and I had others who did the same. So that's something maybe some of our listeners can do, ones who aren't necessarily in New York yes. and stuff. You could make it. Like a fun girls' exactly. night, yeah. Um, <laughs> some wine, some cheese, yeah, exactly. That's like that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was um, a lot of fun. And so, if we're like, if you're in those like last 
week or whatever, a lot of the people you would be calling are people who are likely voters for the candidate you're calling for. Correct. Because based, you know, earlier on in the campaign, you identify your universe and that means you've, you know, one, you identify who are the Dems, who are the Republicans? Okay. Like who, who is my candidate? You know, are they a Dem or they a Republican? Okay, who are the people that are likely to vote for this person? And then once you get yeses, then those are the people that you keep on hitting up, hitting mm-hmm. up, hitting up. At a certain point, you stop trying to like sway the undecideds because you really have to focus on the people that you know are on your side. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that you constantly are reminding like, hey, it's election day, get up and vote elections tomorrow. Like your polling site is open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like, do you know where you're going? Do you need help getting there? Like yeah. really like, you know, beating it against their head to yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like that's a less like, I think that a lot of people when they think about phone banking they're like I'm just going to be cold calling random people mm-hmm. and they're going to get mad at me and stuff and it's like no these are people that were chosen because we think that they're going to vote and we think that they're going to vote for the person you're calling for so you're not just calling like Random. Well, it depends. Like, yeah. if you're doing it earlier on, you yeah. are helping to identify who those voters yeah. are. So you might have some people that are angry, but, like, the worst thing that happens is they hang up on you and yeah. then you move on. Yeah. Um, and that happens sometimes, and it's okay. Um, but reminding yourself that literally the worst thing that could happen is, like, they hang up on you or, like, kind of mean, like, and then you move on. Yes. Yeah. And it's a person you've never seen and you will never Never hear from and they don't know who (laughs) you are. Exactly. And and you called them on like, like on an app or something that like does not identify. Like this person will not know anything about you. Right. They just might be mad for a second. But I feel like in my experience, that's a very small portion of the people that you talk to. Yes. And it's so rewarding when you get that one person who's like, I'm going to go vote. Like Mm -hmm. you convinced me. Yeah, I was going to say, is there any experiences like that that like really stuck out to you where you're like, oh, wow, I really just made that person vote for my candidate. So we just did a phone bank through the broad room Mm -hmm. um, for Jessica Ramos and Alessandra Biaggi, who Mm -hmm. are both running for state Senate and um, the Bronx and Queens. Um, And so we did a phone bank. We had about 40 women show up and to a, a backyard bar in Brooklyn um, and a bunch of women had never phone bank before so we did our training and we got to work and like the first couple seconds literally everyone just like kind of stares at you and is like oh who's mm-hmm. gonna be the first one to start so but like once you get over that kind of fear we had a ton of women who would like get off the phone and be like oh my god I just convinced this person or this person's voting and like there's so much excitement and like uh, you know you had one person who do it and then everyone's like excited to get that one person on the phone um, and so that's a really exciting space to be in with a mm-hmm. bunch of women making phone calls who are getting positive responses um, yeah. from people. That's awesome. So yeah. um, what, one more time, I guess, tell everyone where's your website? Where can they is, is follow me on social media? All of that stuff, because we definitely want all of our listeners to get involved. Yeah. So our website is thebroadroomnyc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. They're both the same to keep it easy for you. So it's the Broadroom NYC. Um, and you can sign up for our action letter on our website or through our Instagram or Twitter. Um, and we'll constantly keep you updated on the happenings of the Broadroom. Amazing. And for everybody at home, if you're not sure if you're registered or need to get registered, remember that we always have betches.co slash vote where you can get yourself all set up. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you this for having me. This was an amazing me. chat. So fun. I feel invigorated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. Until next time, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Yolanda Leopold. And this the is the Betches Suck Podcast. Bye. <laughs> Batches.